welcome to death row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the MMA for Money show, episode 37. In this show, we will review UFC Jacksonville and UFC Florida. Yes, they were in the same location only a couple days apart, but that's what we are hitting today. We're also going to touch briefly on the May 30th event. The, uh, to date, so the main event that's going on there and a few other fights listed, just mentioning them, quick picks going on there. I am Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind on Twitter, here with Mike Copenhaver. You can find him at Don't Cope Just Win on Twitter. Also, the show itself is on Twitter at MMA for Money Show. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing phenomenal, man. Just happy to be here with you to talk about some fights that uh, we had last weekend and uh, the last week prior. I wish we had some more fights this weekend, but the UFC spoiled us with three in a row, and then they cut us off, so hope we get some more soon. Oh, absolutely. Just get a little taste, and I guess now we got to wait. Who knows? Maybe we're going to have, like, weeks break in between, and then three in a row, and weeks of breaks in between, and three in a row. But if I know that's coming, I could deal with it. Well, it's Wednesday, so you know what that means. The MMA for Money show is here. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, or just a straight RSS feed. We are also on YouTube, both full-length shows as well as smaller tidbits to get your quick fix. Subscribe to never miss a show. Like, comment, share, spread the word. So first, we're going to get into UFC on ESPN plus 31. That's Smith versus Teixeira. That was the one that was on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to go over the results and kick it to Mike for some quick analysis on some of them. Obviously, we have more fights listed than we initially covered. We touched briefly on that at last week's show, as well as some of the fights we wish we could have bet on, but there were no odds. So we'll break that down as well. The first fight that we talked about or at least the first fight that happened on this card that we talked about, was Michael Johnson. He was a minus 105, well, it was a pick on minus 105 versus Tiago Moises, who was also minus 105. Moises wins via round two angle lock. Apparently, Michael Johnson, all that hype, all that potential, all that athlete has faded. Um, I don't think overly highly of Tiago Moises. I guess Michael Johnson has just never become what we see glimpses of him being able to be. Mike, how'd you feel about that submission? Uh, any technical analysis you can give on it and just how nasty it was? Yeah, man. I mean, Michael Johnson, you know, he's such a great striker, but uh, if you look at his body, his ankles and his legs would probably be his Achilles heel. And I'm not hating on him himself. My, I, that's my Achilles heel, too. I didn't get the Copenhagen jeans when it came to that department. I got my mom's skinny Mexican chicken legs. So I, I totally know how he feels. So when people get you in those ankle locks or those leg locks and, and you don't have as strong as leg as others, you know, it's it's a fucked up situation. And Michael Johnson found himself in that real fast with someone who was really real skilled in it so i mean it it's basically it was a michael johnson performance you know he throws some good punches and then loses it's just so crazy he has these glimpses where you see him knock out just like the cream of the crop at 55 and just 
falter in so many other ways. It's just sad. Um, in the next fight, Ray Borg, he was a plus 155 underdog versus Ricky Simon, minus 165. I had a little piece on this for Ray Borg, but you know what? He lost via split decision to Ricky Simon. Apparently, Ray Borg just completely and utterly forgot that he knows how to wrestle, that he's the better wrestler of the two, because whenever it had inklings of going on, he was winning the fight. But, I mean, Ray Borg consistently stays... I don't want to call him a flake, but someone that you can't necessarily count on unless he is has overwhelming ways to win in just about every single category. Uh, he, he might find a way to lose otherwise. Mike, how'd you feel about this 35 bout where Bork actually made weight but eventually lost to Ricky Simon? Oh, man, this was a real close bout. I don't really know who. I, I think some, uh, Simone won that, but just barely. But uh, it was it was definitely close. I definitely had Borg's back because uh, we love him and uh, the his story with his son. But yeah, he, he just seems to have those little mental lapses, or just he just forgets uh, things that are so important in the octagon. Like I mean, I don't know how you forget your world class wrestling, and uh, it's it's crazy because he's so good at transitioning from a takedown and you know to a punch and then back to takedowns. And I don't know why he didn't do it, but it is what it is. Maybe he'll learn a lesson. Maybe he won't. But I mean the. the athleticism and the talent of these people coming up now are just crazy dude and i mean i i had borg borg winning easily and he didn't win it easily so uh respect to simone next up was the lone female fight at least on this portion of the card Sajara Eubanks, Sarge, was a minus 350 favorite versus Sarah Morass, who was plus 290, and kind of went how most anyone who saw this fight thought it was going. A unanimous decision victory for Eubanks. And I believe she went on the mic at some point afterward and talked about how people always complain about her, and she has no gas, but she has all of her decision wins. Just n not a good look if you're trying to sell yourself. Um, she's a tough competitor. She's going to be able to take most of these girls down, other than the top tier of the division. But I still don't think there's enough there to say any version of championship down the line for her. Uh, any quick thoughts on this one, Mike, or we could just move on? No, nah, I pretty much won as expected. I thought Eubanks would win it easily, and she did that. Eubanks is in that fun category of, you know what she's going to do every time. She's just that much better of an athlete each time. She is always going to be a huge favorite in the ones that she's going to win, and she's likely going to win that by decision, but that's going to be juiced to all get out. So she's basically unbettable for the most part. Um, but hey, she got another win. Uh, next up was probably the first of the what are you doing judges moment of that several day span philip lins felipe lins was a minus 50 favorite over andre arlovsky plus 130 and if you remember on the podcast i did pick arlovsky i said that that vet might have one less thing in him but as someone who picked it he lost that fight man i thought felipe lins absolutely beat him easily two rounds clearly and when the uh, judges' scorecard came, I was just utterly shocked. I thought Linz clearly won, but hey, Arlovsky gets a unanimous decision victory. So I guess if you followed that tidbit, I gave you one money. I didn't bet on it, and I just picked him because I thought he might have a little bit left in the tank. But I'm sorry, he lost that fight. I, I don't think he won. And we have a few of those uh, on this card and even the following card that we'll go over of Florida judges being Florida judges. And I know this is where we could get fights going, but... It hurt the purse strings a little bit uh, the last couple days, which we will get into. Uh, Mike, anything on Linz versus Arlovsky, how you saw that decision going? 
were you impressed by Linz? Uh, do you think he got the victory or, I don't know, Arlovsky just got that veteran shine? Yeah, man. I mean, this was a parlay buster for a lot of people that uh, had it in there. I had Linz uh, winning it, and I thought he won. But, uh, you know, you can never trust these judges. They're absolutely stupid. They're stupid and archaic and retarded a lot of them don't even know what a uh, submission is they don't know what's happening in the fight and yet they're scoring these fights fucking just sickening sal delamato uh adelaide bird in boxing uh, i think she even does mma i don't even know how the fuck these people get these spots but uh i'd be nice to see some people that really love these positions take over because these judges are are killing some of these fights, man. I mean, they're killing the roles that we get on, dude. I mean, I, I could I can only call the fights so close and so clear, and then uh, you know the judges screw you over with, you know, uh, whatever they're seeing. So it, it's just sad. It's it is what it is, man. I mean, there's worse than this one. So next up was actually a canceled bout. <laughs> the next bout order was supposed to have Marvin Vittori, who's a minus one fifty favorite, over Carl Robertson, who's plus one thirty. Robertson had issue making weight. And the bout was eventually canceled, and they actually both had a confrontation after the fact. Vittori so upset that the fight got canceled. Next up was a fight that we were both high on, and that Mike called to a T. And oh man, oh man, do I wish this fight was available when we gave the initial bet on this fight card, because we would have been huge on it, especially at the number. We both did bet him, but if we didn't want to have to count it for the show, considering we didn't give you guys ample time to get that number. But Drew Dober, at close, was minus 165, but at the time we talked about it, he was a minus 110 favorite against Alexander Hernandez, who was plus 100 uh, by fight time, plus 145. So that minus 165 was a great number. Dober got a vicious second-round TKO, and the dude looked phenomenal. He's really coming along. He is hitting his prime utterly i like i didn't when he first came to the ufc i didn't think too highly of him i thought he was an adequate fighter an adequate lightweight but he has just gotten so good mike i want to throw it to you because I, I i was confident dover would win but i don't think i had it even as close as you did you basically called this verbatim and dover smashed so by all means yeah, man, this is one of those times where I just saw it so clearly. Drew Dober, uh, he was just way too athletic, way too determined, has way too big of a mental game for someone like Alexander Hernandez to do anything to him. Uh, I knew it in every sense of the way. I, I was so upset that we couldn't give that pick out as a legit bet on the podcast because uh, the Vegas put, waited so long to give us odds on it, probably by design so we didn't rape them. But I, we would have max betted that so easily, um, and I did personally myself, but I mean, it didn't count for the show. We even uh, gave the pick out uh, on, on the Wednesday that I think it aired. I, I think our show came out Wednesday morning, and then we gave the picks for you guys, and then that night was the Drew, Drew Dober fight, I believe. But either way, man, Drew Dober is getting so good. I, it, it's funny. I sometimes I usually have a really good eye for talent coming up, and and when I when I miss the rare ones, um, like Justin Gaethje, I was a I was a big hater of him over in um, PFL or wherever he was fighting, and I I just I, I didn't I just didn't think he was the real deal. And then he started impressing me more and more and more, and then I switched to liking him and and, and believing in him. And so that's what happened with Drew Dober. I thought he was just some dorky, young, uh, you know, a talented, just dork, man. But he's so much more than that, man. He's super coachable. Like I said in the last podcast, he doesn't do drugs. He's he's not out at nightclubs every night. He's not with, hanging with the wrong crowd. He's super, super determined. That type of professionalism will get you a long ways. And I was just so stoked to watch him whoop this kid's ass because I just I felt that he was going to showcase his skills, and he did. 
Oh, dude, he just he blew me away. Like I was confident he would get the win here. I thought it was just going to be a clear decision, and man, he brought it. And yeah, you were right. We had it on the show, gave it out as an unofficial bet, which man, that stings because we were kind of limited into who we could bet on going into that. Like you said, with so many few cards out, they they just put so much energy into 249 and the majority of the ESPN eight card that we'll get to that. Like, I don't think a full odds released until that Monday or Tuesday before the fights, which is just ridiculous to me. Um, but if all is fair, we're not counting it for the show. But, man, that sucks. <laughs> uh, in the co-main event, Ovin St. Prue decided that he didn't want to diet or do cardio and went up to heavyweight. He was a minus 150 favorite against Ben Rothwell, who's plus 130. Uh, Rothwell won this via split decision. I mean, I, I, I thought St. Prue looked terrible. Um, he looked like he like even really trained to move up to heavyweight. Like, OSP is absolute garbage nowadays. Oh, dude, it's, he had such a high ceiling, but he was one of the guys that needed to go to a bigger camp or at least like a specific coach, not just do it all on his own. And he stuck with it on his own for so long because he was able to get through some stuff on some talent, which, I mean, John Jones did too, but at some point... He still went to a camp of guys that could actually teach him skills. And St. Prue's just the same guy. And at heavyweight, he'll be the same guy. He'll be faster and beat a lot of guys. But any of the vets are upper part of that division, he's going to get waylaid. Yeah, and you know, and we've always talked about how OSP it always pulls these OSP moments. This is why we've never really, ever, in all of the episodes that we've done, not on just this podcast, but the last, I don't think we've ever given out OSP as a bet. It's something we don't do. We don't trust him. He doesn't want to be in there. And so it's, it's just sad, man. He, he has a lot of talent, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to be in there. Like I say, some guys are super, super tough guys really on the street, and some guys are just good athletes and they're tough in the ring. Well, and that's absolutely OSP, which may give him some success at heavyweight. But yeah, like anyone that has some skills is going to beat him, whether it be decision or just knock him out because his chin is still suspect, at least in my opinion. So is his defensive wrestling. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Glover Teixeira was a plus 140 underdog versus Anthony Smith, minus 160. This was the only bet on the card for us because this was one of think four fights we actually had odds for at the time um that would be like comparison of we're gonna go over the fights that are announced for you have the may 30 card and making a bet now about those so just putting in perspective where we were at for that um glove to share one via round five ground and pound it was a bit of a rough Fight it, honestly kind of a typical glover to share fight when he's facing the upper echelon but not like the elite he got Near finished early in the fight, Anthony Smith actually looked fairly fantastic the first two rounds, like putting it to Glover early on and then just falling off in a major way. And like the fight should have been stopped sooner. Like it, it, it was a rough go. Um, Glover came back as Glover can do. Uh, he, I've heard it said that his wrestling gets better when he gets rocked, which it almost appears to be. But I mean, kudos to Glover to share for getting that. I, I just thought that it had finally caught up with him. And I guess I rated Anthony Smith a little bit too high. I thought he was in that upper tier of the division. But uh, I'm guessing not, since he was able to get taken out by Glover. So Glover is the ultimate uh, five-round veteran light heavyweight. So watch out. I I can't give you a light heavyweight for him to fight, because I think everybody else would just absolutely destroy him. I mean, Tiago Santos. Give him Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos and Tiago Santos uh, come back from his knee injury. I'd love to see that. Mike, how'd you feel about the stoppage here, or lack of stoppage early on in the stoppage? The fight overall, how Teixeira looked, how Smith looked, and where you would like to see Glover Teixeira fight next? 
Ah, oh, man, I, I fucking sometimes just hate myself. If you guys have listened to the podcast, uh, you know, from the beginning, from last show to this one that was just Bob and I, I have a couple of rules. And I've talked about them a few times. Uh, the OGs will know what I'm saying. I, I hate betting against the OG. I, I, I despise it. I always believe the OG has the better chance and he's going to win and it's the better bet. It's one of my rules. I, I, I bet the OG versus the other guy. And I, I went against that this time because I really believe that Anthony Smith was better than he is. And I don't, I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, he's tough. He's, this, he's definitely tough. Of course, you're not, you're not a fighter if you're not tough. But there's a certain point where it's just stupid, you know? If that was my brother getting his ass beat for that badly, just, just throw in the towel before the fourth round or in the fourth round at least. There's no point to damage your body that badly, loosen your teeth, take that CTE for the future. I just, it's not tough anymore, you know? You're losing, you lost. There's nothing extra for you for that. Maybe a fight of the night, but I, they rarely give it to the, you know, you getting your ass beat. So I, it's it's sad that uh, these guys think that that's tough, that getting punched in your face repeatedly when you're not in a good spot is is tough. You know, it's just, I respect the warrior attitude, but it's, it's not smart for your family, for the future as a business model. You're not gonna be a fighter forever. I told my brother that a long time ago when he would, uh, you know, call me soft or call me a pussy or something for being on the ambulance, saving lives and uh, not wanting to go out and party with him. I, I, I tell him, you know, little by little over the years, over the years, I'm going to make more money than you working nine to five every day. And these guys, these fighters don't really realize that they need to have a backup plan after few do. And uh, it's sad, man, because uh, Anthony Smith might be one of those guys that's going to learn a hard lesson, but he actually is pretty talented. So hopefully he becomes an announcer, but I, I don't see Anthony Smith going anywhere further. I don't see him a real bright future. Uh, his, he's definitely peaked and he's declining in my eyes. Glover share it's crazy to see him at his age. He definitely looked like he was healthy and on a little bit of extra something. And uh, it, it's just amazing to see him and like Shogun uh, still put out some crazy performances at this age. Well, and those are one of those once in a career, and I guess maybe not once in a career, but like those beatings that change you. Like Anthony Smith had so much damage put on him that he's for sure not going to be the same coming back. So we'll, I guess we'll see the level that is at, but uh, I am vowing right now on this show, and I would bet Mike would second that regardless of how he may look at weigh-ins or whatever like that, it's like we are never betting Anthony Smith again. Bob, yeah. how many times did I say bet the OG? More times than I can count, actually. <laughs> and I hate my, and, and how many times I go against it and lose? Handful. And we regret it every time. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Do you need to stop? Uh, in the future, I'll, I'll push it a little bit more. But obviously, we were, we really wanted to give you guys content and give you guys a bet because we knew the show was going to come out later and not give you guys enough time to listen to the show and put to a be, bet out. And to be dead honest, we would have picked... It, Drew Dober was the number one pick we would have maxed it slammed it it would have there would have been no anthony smith well we talked about it we talked about it later normally we like to have uh, two bets for you guys one from me one from mike and judging by how we liked both guys uh i think how it would have worked out is been uh to win two units on drew dober that's what i ended up betting him at um and i know mike did at least that if not more Uh, at bare minimum we may have talked about it more and put more on him but at least to win two units and i was really liking him and obviously it was split decision but still lost was the one unit on ray borg so still would have been ahead on that night but hey we ended up minus 1.6 units because we went to win you one unit for anthony smith and you know what never again 
Sorry, Anthony Smith, we're done, especially after hearing how you've handled this loss and this stoppage and talking about how you told your coaches if they were ever throwing the towel that you would fire them, complaining that it actually got stopped because you didn't go out even though you were missing teeth and falling apart. And that's why boxers have died recently is because corners are so fucking stupid that they don't care about their fighters. And it's it's a shame, man. You got to you got to care about your fighter. No, ab- com- absolutely. I'm 100 percent on that. That's one of the ones that I'm sorry, it should have been stopped. At least around beforehand, if not more. So he had minutes of more damage. Okay, moving on to a, another event. Uh, these ones were only a few days apart. Uh, UFC on ESPN 8, Overeem versus Harris. This one started off with a bang for us. Uh, we're not going to go over every fight, but we're going to start at the first fight that we talked about and the first fight we bet, and then we're going to move all the way through the main event. Okay, so we start off with a bang. And I'm saying that multiple, multiple times because I didn't see a lot of people as high on Kevin Holland as my boy Mike here. that there were, It just wasn't there. There were people that were betting him, but not big. They were not as confident as Mike was. I knew, I knew he was going to win, and I was going to bet him. And just by sheer confidence and how he described how the fight was going to go, I ended up putting more money on it. We gave out a bet on Kevin Holland at minus 105 to win two units. So basically, even that's even money there at plus t- to get two units versus Anthony Hernandez, minus 115. Holland started off with a knee to the body. Anthony Hernandez crumbled, and with ground and pound in the first round early, I mean early in the first round, Holland got that finish and cashed that early play for you guys at plus two units. Mike, I want to hear you wax poetic on it because Holland was your boy on this card, and he fucking delivered, man. Kevin fucking Holland, man. We, I was, I had his back so hard on this fight. I, I know that he has showcased ability, and then also showcased some some things where you're like, man, dude, you need to go a little bit harder. But I really felt like this was going to be a spot where he showcased his abilities. I, I called out. I thought he was going to showcase more of his jujitsu, but I said he would batter and bruise this kid anywhere, and he did exactly that, and he did it much faster than I thought. But uh, the, you know. He is so talented, man. He's long. He's strong. He's super mental. He's mentally strong too. He takes his jujitsu super serious, as which what as I love, and I really think the ceiling is high for him if he wants that ceiling to to be super high. Um, it's going to be a similar case to John Jones once he gets some fame. But uh, Kevin Holland, man, pl- cashing the plus two units for you guys right off the bat, it makes me so happy. I, I just absolutely love when I call him like that. Honestly, what this reminded me of uh, that fight went longer. But this reminded me of one of the last fights we saw before the quarantine was uh, Oliveira versus Kevin Lee. Just coming out with all that confidence, throwing deliberately, getting like hitting him to the body with a kick almost instantly and just going for it. I mean, he ended up getting the finish faster, but it's so much can be said about fighters that actually have confidence in their stand up. Like you can have technical ability, but if you don't go out there with confidence, with a willingness to throw, when you connect, the dude backs down. And that's what happened here. Oh, yeah. And then, and also, then you combine when you know you have jujitsu or that wrestling in your back pocket, and then you have some great striking. It's just like the confidence starts flowing. That's why you see Justin Gaethy so confident, man. His wrestling, he doesn't even have to display it most of the time. No one's really going to take him down. So all he does is work on his, his striking, and he's, his leg kicks and his striking are so powerful. It's it's amazing to see when you see someone that has the jiu-jitsu wrestling and then they bring the striking along because they become a, a, a amazing combination of a fighter. 
No, and I'm I'm, I'm looking much. <laughs> that's an odd way of saying that. I'm very much looking forward to seeing where Kevin Holland is going from here. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't necessarily think of someone for him to fight um, because this he's still early enough on his career. He doesn't have too many names on there. But hey, there was some middleweights that fought later on the card, so maybe you could fight one of them. Um, moving on to a sad fight, we're going to briefly touch on this just because I don't want to talk about it too much because it makes me sad. Um, M- Miguel. Beza was a minus 200 favorite, rightfully so, probably should have been more so, uh, versus Matt Brown, who was plus 170, and Baeza KOs him with a left hook in round two, and it was vicious, and it was sad, and as soon as it was done, I walked away from the TV for a minute, just because, I mean, you can't not be a big Matt Brown fan if you've been a fan for like around a decade or so, just with him and his fight style, and how many resurgences he's had, but I mean, I'm sorry. I think he's done. I would love to see him retire. This is just, it, it's rough watching. I mean, unless you have too much to say on this, Mike, we, uh, we can move on just because this, I don't know, this is a rough one for me to watch. How'd you feel about uh, this finish and Matt Brown? Well, man, I mean, I called this one too. I knew that it was going to be a bad night for Matt Brown. I didn't see any upside uh, for him striking such an athletic, young, powerful person as Beza. And it was super sad, man, watching him think that he has a chance for such a powerful person. And he still wants to come back. So I really hope he just stops. Next up was, I don't know, in my opinion... Uh, one of the bad decisions of the card. I'm trying to weigh that because I understand judges are closer. They see things differently, I suppose. But uh, Song Yudong uh, was a minus 200 favorite versus Marlon Chito Vera, plus 170. And Yudong got a unanimous decision victory. Uh, I thought uh, Vera was able to pull it off. Uh, I thought he was uh, mm-hmm. dominant for bigger portions of the rounds. I thought he clearly won two of three and was actually fairly shocked by the decision and by the look on his face, he absolutely was. I didn't have any money on this either way because as much as I like Chito Vera and I love him as a dog because he kind of, like he's worth every bit of it uh, to, to put money down on him. He's a good little surprise. Uh, I was a lot higher on Song Dong, but after this fight, man, I mean, I'm sorry, I think Vera won that fight and this was one of the first of a very bad night of decisions on this fight card in my opinion. Mike, how'd you feel about this fight? Did you think Vera pulled it off, or were you in the Yudong category? I was in the draw category. I, I really believed it was a draw. Uh, Song Yudong's power and um, damage that he was landing, uh, to me, super, or even with uh, the volume and, I guess, the pace that Vera put on. So I really would have been okay with a draw. But, I mean, you guys got to remember, a lot of this is about money and uh, chi- with Chinese MMA becoming so big, Chinese, uh, you know, uh, China becoming so big in MMA. This is one of their best fighters. I kind of felt like it was going to happen if any judge's decision went one way, it was going to go towards Jadong. And and I'm personally glad it did because I bet on myself. But I could see how they could give it to Vera. um, But it was was a draw in my eyes. They don't give draws out enough. And I think it's a shame for um, both sides. I, I could have seen a draw. I would have been much more comfortable with a draw than a win for Yudong there. So I'll give you, I'll give it to you on that one. Next up at middleweight, Christoph Yatko, Jatko, however he's pronounced, and that is a minus one sixty favorite or was a minus one sixty favorite versus Eric Anders plus one forty. Jatko won the unanimous decision victory. It was a good fight. Um, kept the card going. Uh, to me, nothing to write home about. Uh, I kind of leave this fight the way I went into it, thinking the guys were both about where they were at. And uh, Anders, if he doesn't get the highlight finish with power, he's likely going to lose in a decision. 
And that's what happened here. So, Mike, do you agree with the decision? I guess where do you see either guys going here? And with the win, I guess, would you like to see someone like Jocko fight Kevin Holland in the near future? Oh, man, uh, Jocko definitely won this fight. It was an easy, unanimous, unanimous decision. I mean, he stayed away from Eric Anders' only uh, power shots. Um, because he was a southpaw, it really made it hard for Eric Anders, too. And so it, it, was, it went exactly how I ex- expected. Jocko is the better mixed martial artist. And if he didn't get caught with a big punch, he should win. And he did win. And so I would love to see Jocko versus uh, Holland because I think that would be a great chance for Holland to showcase uh, his jiu-jitsu on the ground. Definitely a fire matchup uh, if they end up making it. This uh, this next fight, obviously it's the fights that you have money on, that you have the biggest opinion on. This next fight utterly pissed me off. Like, to no degree, to like an extreme degree. Edson Barbosa, dropping down to featherweight, was a minus 130 favorite for Stan Ige, plus 110. Granted, it was a little closer than I anticipated it being, but they gave Ige the split here which I think is awful. Um, I've had, watching it, I thought Barboza clearly won two out of the three, and then I actually have seen people do round-by-round breakdowns of control, uh, going by arguments of why people say Ige won. I'm sorry, Barboza won this fight. He won the majority, like, he clearly won the first round, and he won the majority, vast majority, of one of the other rounds. People, I've seen it said that since Ige ended the fight on top, he wins. Well, he was losing, like the, the, the minute breakdown, he was losing three, about three to three and a half minutes of that fight before he got the takedown and then didn't do much with it. It's like, it's the same argument for the second round of Ige was winning for the most part and Barbosa got a takedown, but it was earlier on in the round. It's just, I'm... I'm trying to calm down because I'm, I'm still heated on this one. This one was incredibly clear, in my opinion. Two rounds to one for Edson Barbosa. We had it to win, you guys, one unit. So this is a loss of 1.3 here. And I'm sorry, the night of judges, it cost some people a lot of money, especially if they had uh, good eyes on close fights and dogs that either that should have come through. So I'm, I'm going to stop before I just start just straight cussing into the mic. Mike, can I get your opinion? On uh, Edson Barbosa versus Dan Ige. Fucking piss me off, dude, is the key word. Just piss me off, dude. I, I freaking, I can't stand it. I don't understand it in the sense of, like, were you not watching the power that Barbosa was landing with? Were you not watching the kicks that he was damaging with? Um, yeah, the guy took him down, but he did nothing with it. Like he said, he didn't advance positions. He didn't go for submissions. He didn't do any damage. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I was so upset. I, I got, the only thing that I can think of is the, the slight corruption that there is. The judges are so paid off and just such garbage that, you know, that he's old, man. I mean, I guess he's, he's had his time, his spot, and they, they thought Ige was, it was close enough where he might have an upside in the future, which he does in a sense, but... Uh, he's not gonna. He's never gonna be champion. He's gonna get absolutely battered and bruised and smashed by someone with the real jit, with real wrestling and jitsu. Um, it's uh, it, it's it makes me so mad, bro. Especially after you know cashing the first bet and not being able to follow up with this next one, which I thought we did. Um, I, I all I say is I'm sorry, man. I just uh, I'll do a better job picking fights where I just see a clear path and not a not some controversy at the end, like you know. Uh, age or whatever it may be 
Yeah, there's nothing that really takes the sails out of your night than a fight going just about how you called it. Minor differences, but just about how you called it. You believe you got the winner right. It gets a decision. You think it's clear. And then you lose it. That That's the biggest gut punch to me. Because at least, like, okay, if your guy got knocked out, that's that's clear. It's clear as day. You can't beat that. But when it gets to the decision like that, you're like, oh, oh, we got this. This is awesome. This is a great fight. This is a good fight. And we lost. Where's the draw? Like, where's the draw if you're going to have this bullshit? Yeah, I don't know. I know that... Uh, when they updated some of the judging criteria, they made it so that 10 eights were used more frequently. And I could have sworn draws would be used more frequently, but I've heard so many people involved with judging and refereeing, talking to judges, saying that if they're not good enough to decipher who won a round, that they couldn't give it. Like, let's see, how did they say it? If you can't decide a winner for a round, you shouldn't be judging which I do think is bogus because there are some rounds that are just straight dead even. Like if someone is clearly winning two and a half minutes and the guy's clearly winning two and a half minutes, the striking is within one to two strikes because you never know what the damage is doing of impact of those strikes. If they're within a couple and same amount of submission attempts versus defense, it's, uh, there should, I agree. There should be more draws, but uh, before I borderline start crying with how much this one upset me, we'll move on. Uh, another bad decision, depending who you ask. Claudia Gadea was minus 185. Angela Hill was plus 160. A lot of guys that we talk to that are involved with the MMA for Money show and MMA4Money.com were big on Angela Hill here and thought she had a good chance. And I'm sorry, she. I think she won this fight. I, I do. I did not have a bet on this fight. I think I picked Gadea just because I thought she was just going to wrestle all day. And Hill was piecing her up for large portions of that fight. I think she got robbed as well. And yes, I'm using the word robbed. I know some people get upset with that one. It's a close fight, but I think if it's clear one way, I don't care if you can make one argument going one way, if the overwhelming majority of people, just end quote, quick pause, sorry. I know I'm jumping back just to get the point going. 29 out of 30 people judging the Edson Barboza fight online for MMA decisions went for Barboza. So I'm sorry. That's the last thing I got to say about that. Moving back to Claudia Gadea. Mike, I know you were one of the ones that was on Angela Hill. And dude, I thought you won your bet. Uh, I mean, this wasn't a bet for the show. This was a secondary bet for you. But I thought she won. And I was pissed for you guys that you had money on Hill because I thought it was clear. So how did you see this fight? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the only people on a podcast who picked Angela Hill to win the fight. And, uh, you know, I think I even said by decision. And that's exactly what she would have won. And it, it really, it, it sucks, man, because I, I, Claudia didn't do anything impressive and Angela Hill is, is a little more impressive because uh, the other girl was favored much more, you know? So I don't see how the, if the favorite is getting in a close match, isn't getting beat. It, it doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, it, it is what it is, man. I, I don't, I have no clue, but Angela Hill definitely won that fight to me. She should hold herself her head high and just keep marching on. But uh, it would have been nice for MMA for money. They called also, uh, they wanted a TKO KO prop, and they, they almost hit it when they knocked her down and, uh, you know, stunned her. But either way, it just is what it is, man. These judges are absolutely atrocious, and it's, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't even know what they're scoring anymore. It, it makes me weary betting because I can't get a feel for what I'm supposed to study for because it's so random. It's never the same. There's no foundation to start with because it's just a totally different crazy each time well in the main event this was a bet we gave out to you guys uh was walt harris who's minus 160 versus alistair Overton plus 140 we had that to win one unit at uh 1.6 that's minus 1.6 here 
uh, you can't discount Harris because Harris did exactly what we thought he would do. And in that scenario, even having a different referee in the cage would have given him the first round TKO. He rocked and dropped Overeem twice and was laying on vicious ground and pound, landing and connecting and likely waking him back up with those ground shots. But Overeem, quote-unquote, survived. I mean, I know if you have money on Overeem, you're excited that they didn't call it and he kept going. But those shots he was getting hit with, with doing nothing but turtling up, were way harder than the shots that Overeem would later in the second round start landing and eventually get the call for. So a little bit disappointed because of that, but not as far as the side of the bet because exactly how we saw it going happened. We just didn't get the ref call. So I I still think that's the right side of the bet because would you be wanting to wager any amount of money hoping that Overeem was going to outlast those shots to his chin? I don't think so. So I still think this was the right side of the bet. So yes, that is a loss. But, I don't know, still kudos to Walt Harris for going out here this close to after what happened to his daughter, stepdaughter, and just putting it all on the line. Kudos to him, and I thought he pulled it off. But referee didn't quite think so. Mike, thoughts on the main event here with Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem? Ah, uh, man, uh, this one sucked because of the fact that uh, Walt Harris's mental state was so iffy. Uh, you know, I, it just it hasn't been MMA in a while, so you don't know the training was as sharp. But uh, Walt Harris definitely did what we thought he would in the beginning, and that was damage over him. And I thought that he could do a little bit better. But if your mind isn't all there, maybe that's possibly what made it so he couldn't make those decisions as sharp. But uh, it, it, it was kind of just sad to see him get his ass beat in the end. But, I mean, he, he did a great job versus over him in the beginning. And over him still super scared to get hit. He, he's going to get punished soon. So it is what it is. You know, take the L and we move on. Absolutely. Now, going over, we'll go with... Because I have to go back and redo the math for the earlier ones. But for our post-quarantine UFC record, <laughs> going back to 249 and then these two events, we are at minus 0.5 units. So a slight loss, but nothing crazy. We will get that back in an event. Um, since coming back from quarantine, at least the fight's coming back from quarantine. So we're still doing good. And I'm going to quick briefly go over the fights that we have announced and are official for the May 30 event that was actually originally supposed to happen this next weekend, but they put it off to May 30th to figure out official location and I think more official fights. I don't know if this one will be on Fight Island, but I guess we'll find out in the coming days. Uh, I'm just going to list absolutely everything. Mike, touch on any of those if you want, and then after that, we'll be able to sign off for the show. But f- as of right now, this is what I got. Lagoy Ivanov, minus 105, versus Augusto Sakai, minus 115. Jamahal Hill, minus 150, versus Clidson Ambro, plus 130. Mackenzie Dern, huge favorite, minus 350, versus Hannah Cyphers, plus 305. And then main event, Tyron Woodley, minus 165, versus Gilbert Burns, plus 145, and that's at welterweight. Mike, any quick thoughts on those, or should we just give that to the people just so they could digest on ways we might be leaning um right off the top of my head the only one that i find interesting was clitson abreu i think that he's got a great chance for jamal hill i think he's uh tougher jamal hill's got some weak uh, legs and if he could damage those legs uh he could possibly damage that kid permanently so i, I like the, the plus money on that right off the bat 
Yeah, I'm gonna go right uh, one for sure thing that I'm gonna throw down here and I'm gonna make sure you all hold me to it Mike that includes you. I refuse to bet on this main event I utterly refuse to bet on it and I want everyone to hold me to that because not that I've downplayed uh, Gilbert Burns He's actually made some made some good money at welterweight, but I have no idea where Woodley is and Yeah, I don't know so I'm just immediately saying right now. I will not have a bet on the main event <laughs> I won't, I, and I won't either. I don't. I yeah, don't like. I'm it. just. I mean, I've, I've been usually pretty good at reading Woodley fights, and I've been pretty good at uh, on Gilbert Burns fights too. I believe I've only lost once per guy over the course of their careers, but still, I'm gonna shake ground with them right now. So I'm not gonna do anything about that. Um, before we eventually sign off, one thing I do want to quick bring up to everybody here, well, I want to give a shout out to past guests of the show, Ken Shamrock, his book. Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, uh, ghost written or written by Jonathan Snowden, is officially out. So go out and get it. I'm waiting on my copy. I have heard it is a phenomenal book, a phenomenal read, and people in our MMA community seem to just be eating it up. Um, I'm going to quick pass it to Mike. Mike, any final thoughts before we close out the show? Nah, man, just can't wait to get some more UFC in our lives and some sports and things get back to normal because uh, our constitutional freedoms are, are definitely uh, at risk and being taken for some things that are a little bit uh, iffy. So I just take care of your families, enjoy yourself, uh, don't take things too serious and, and just uh, enjoy things. We will be back next week. Yes, there are more fights on the horizon. There is a UFC event set for May 30th, Woodley vs. Burns. We briefly went over it. Now, don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, RSS Feed. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube for both full-length fights and our little small tidbits that we have for you. Like comment and share man spread us we want to talk to as many people and reach as many people as possible and with that let's let's roll. roll